It's time to get the most in-depth coverage of University of Tennessee football recruiting with Football Futures. Now, here's Josh Ward. Welcome into Football Futures, presented by Twin Peaks here on the Sports Animal. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here this evening on tonight's show. We will put a bow on the 2021 recruiting class for Tennessee, as most of it was wrapped up heading into last week. And then Tennessee did add a junior college prospect, somebody to help on the offensive line on signing day on Wednesday. I'll update you on the class, where things stand, as there's still a little bit to be determined with who all will officially be a part of the class. But I'll get to that on tonight's show. And then also look ahead to the future. This is Football Futures, and now a lot of the conversation is looking ahead to how Josh Heupel will do recruiting at Tennessee. Recruiting in the state of Tennessee is going to be very important starting in 2022. I'll update you there. There's just a lot to get into, so let's dive right in. Football Futures is presented by Twin Peaks every Monday evening. This is going to be the final show of this recruiting season, and I want to say thanks to Twin Peaks for supporting the show all year and being here to help bring the show to you. Every Monday night, Twin Peaks is on North Shore Drive near Kingston Pike. It's a great spot to stop in and watch the game. Twin Peaks is a great place to stop in if you're looking for some food during lunch, during the middle of the day, or if you're just looking for a place to stop in, grab a beer and watch the game Twin Peaks is there for you on North Shore Drive. They have a great menu that's available. They have the sign on the wall. As soon as you walk in, that'll tell you just how ice cold that draft beer is when you go into Twin Peaks. North Shore Drive between Kingston Pike and Paper Mill Drive. Twin Peaks has made football futures happen every Monday right here on the Sports Animal. And last week, Tennessee added a signee and offensive lineman, Jeremiah Crawford. He is a junior college prospect who will come in and at least provide depth right away for Tennessee's offensive line, which Tennessee needs because Tennessee has to replace key members of last year's offensive line and players who were expected to play an important role along the line as either a starter or in providing depth. With Tennessee losing Trey Smith, Brandon Kennedy, Jameer Johnson, and Wanya Morris, they need help up front and Uh, On the offensive line, they only had two signees in the early signing period, so finding extra help was important. Crawford's a guy that will come in, will have a chance to compete to play right away, to potentially start at tackle. And also what helps is that he was evaluated by Josh Heupel at UCF. So there's familiarity there. And Crawford's not been to Knoxville, so he'll be arriving in Knoxville having not really seen the campus, but he knows Josh Heupel. He knows what Heupel will do offensively and vice versa, Heupel knows how Crawford should fit in offensively to what he wants to do in Knoxville. Another interesting aspect to Jeremiah Crawford is that he plans to play this spring, which I think is kind of a questionable choice there. He signed with Tennessee. If I'm Tennessee, I don't know that I want him playing football this spring. When I say play this spring, the season was postponed this past fall at his junior college because of the pandemic. So he's going to play a football season this spring and then arrive at Tennessee in the summer and then try to get ready to help right away this fall. Will he start? I don't know. But he will at least provide some depth, especially there at tackle with the loss of Wanye Morris and Jameer Johnson. Those two guys, if they had stayed, would have been presumably competing to be the starting left tackle, and the guy that didn't win the job might have ended up being the backup at that position. So losing both of those players in the transfer portal, Wanye Morris choosing Oklahoma, and then Jameer Johnson choosing Texas A&M this past weekend, that created a hole that Crawford could help fill. And if you look at the offensive line, 
Tennessee will need players to emerge. Some of those young guys like Javante Spragans, Cooper Mays, who was able to get some playing time late in the season, Chris Ockprogane and Jackson Lampley will be entering their third seasons. Somebody in that group will need to emerge on the offensive line. Multiple players in that group will need to emerge because players that we've talked about over the last couple of years helping build the offensive line have now moved on. How does Cade Mays factor in? Could he be at tackle? Will he be at guard? That'll be something to figure out. He no doubt will be one of Tennessee's best offensive linemen and most important players. But if you look at the overall class for 2021, Tennessee does have a top 20 class right now. A reminder, Tennessee has a couple of key signees, defensive end Dylan Brooks and running back Cody Brown, who have asked out of their letter of intent. If they do not stay in the class, if they are released and go somewhere else, that will obviously drop Tennessee's class, I would say, out of the top 20. But right now, Tennessee has a top 10 class, and I'll go over some of the things that I like the most and some of my concerns with the class coming up in just a few moments. But a couple of other news items for you coming out of this past week as Josh Heupel is focused on putting his coaching staff together and recruiting for 2022 is going to be part of the focus until the staff's in place, especially on the defensive side. That's at least going to slow the progress in trying to get things started with recruiting for the future. Obviously, if you're calling a defensive prospect and you can't tell them who the defensive coordinator is, well, then that prospect's going to say, okay, well, let's see who's on the staff. But there's plenty of time there with 2022 as well. But uh, in the meantime, Josh Heupel has made some hires that will directly affect recruiting with the most recent news item being that Tennessee is hiring Trey Johnson away from Southern Cal. He has been the director of scouting and recruiting strategy for USC and hiring Johnson, I think is key because he's there at a big time school at USC where recruiting is a big deal, but he also has been at Tennessee before. And Heupel has added a few people who have ties to Tennessee, who have been a part of the program, worked in the program before and with the staff coming in that doesn't have a lot of connections, at least to this point at Tennessee, and you know, some don't have too many in the SEC, at least extensive work there to this point without seeing the full coaching staff, hiring people who have connections to Tennessee, who understand UT and might have some connections in the state should help. So Trey Johnson from USC being added to the staff after being the director of scouting and recruiting strategy at USC, I think potentially is a really good move for Tennessee. Also this past week, with signing day for 2021 being a focus, a lot of the attention has moved to 2022. And as you've probably heard, there are a lot of big-time prospects in the state of Tennessee. Well, two of the top 10 players in the state committed to Michigan on Friday, athletes Taylor Groves and Cody Jones. They're both top 300 prospects, according to the 247 Sports ranking. And as I mentioned a moment ago, until Tennessee has its staff settled and everyone in place, the Vols are probably just going to be playing catch-up for recruiting next year. There might be some relationships that have already started up with coaches who are on the staff, but probably not too many. And right now, there's just the great unknown. So prospects, n not all are going to go ahead and commit, but you have two right there. And right now, Ty Simpson is planning to make his announcement on February 19th. He's the highly touted quarterback from inside the state, and Tennessee's playing some catch-up there just because of lost time. Can Tennessee make that up? That will be a question moving forward. Coming up in the next segment, by the way, Craig Hobbard of ESPN was on Sports 180 at the end of last week and talked about Josh Heupel as a recruiter and what he will be facing in trying to recruit at the SEC after 
coaching at UCF over the last few years. That's coming up in the next segment. But here in segment number one, to kind of put a wrap on the 2021 class, I wanted to look at what I like and what might concern me in this 2021 class. I'll start with three things that I like. Number one would be Caden Salter. He is a really good quarterback prospect. He's a big-time athlete. He's on campus, so he will be able to go through winter workouts and spring practice. I don't know that he will play right away. He has good competition with Hendon Hooker coming in as a transfer from Virginia Tech, and then Harrison Bailey coming back and Brian Maurer coming back at quarterback. And Maurer was recruited by UCF and Josh Heupel, so there's a connection there. The quarterback depth, I think, is good, and I think there's real talent there. This is the best that quarterback room has looked in several years from a depth standpoint it's the best it's looked in a long time but uh, Caden Salter coming in could be a really good fit with what Josh Heupel wants to do and also with Salter's talent and his potential don't you kind of bet on Josh Heupel being able to develop him at least one of these quarterbacks I'm not saying that Salter will be the guy certainly not in 2021 but at least one of these quarterbacks I think will have a chance to play at a really high level and I've said since Josh Heupel was hired. You're improving your offensive coaching from what you've had the last couple of years, and the talent at quarterback is improving from where it's been the last few years. Shouldn't that mean you're going to see some improvement within the offense? What kind of jump will Tennessee see? I don't know. But you should be optimistic, I think, about the coaching you'll get at the quarterback position and the talent and the competition that should be there at quarterback. So that's the first thing I like, Caden Salter being in this class. Number two, I would say Aaron Willis and Cayman Marley offer some really good potential at linebacker. They're two really good athletes. Willis is a player who is mentioned anytime you ask anybody who covers recruiting, hey, what do you like about Tennessee's class? You hear about Aaron Willis. And because of the need Tennessee has at linebacker right now, that's to be determined what exactly will Henry Tooto and Quavaris Crouch do. That's unknown right now. But with them being in the transfer portal, you at least have to plan for them to not be at Tennessee. And if that's the case, boy, do you have a gaping hole there at linebacker. So Aaron Willis being there and then Cayman Marley, a big-time athlete from North Carolina, could be an effective pass rusher for Tennessee. That's something that I really like, what Willis and Marley could do at linebacker for the Vols. And then the number three thing that I like in this class is the potential for some guys to step in and help right away at positions where they need it. I just mentioned Aaron Willis at linebacker. I think he could help Tennessee. We'll have a good chance to at least at linebacker. Tyon Evans will need to help Tennessee right away. He's on campus. He's a very highly touted junior college running back. And with Eric Gray and Ty Chandler deciding to transfer, there are some other important players coming back like Jabari Small. Let's see what T. Hodge and Lyneth Whitehead might be able to do. But we haven't seen much of any of those guys. We didn't see Hodge and, and Whitehead this past year. So with that open competition, Tyon Evans coming in will have a chance to help immediately, as will Byron Young at the outside linebacker defensive end position. He's a guy that could come in and help Tennessee's pass rush at least provide some competition in practice and provide some depth at that position where Tennessee has some talented young players coming back, Roman Harrison and then Tyler Barron and Morvin Joseph from last year's class. Those are good athletes. Having Byron Young come in from junior college could potentially help Tennessee right away. So three things I like. Caden Salter at quarterback, Aaron Willison, Cayman Marley at linebacker, and the potential for a few players to help right away. I could keep going, but those are the top three things on my list. The top three things that concern me with the 2021 class. Number one, I don't see enough help on the back end on defense. As Tennessee has to replace Bryce Thompson, who declared for the NFL draft, 
and Key Lawrence, who decided to transfer to Oklahoma, Tennessee missed on some key players in this class that the Vols either thought they were going to land or thought they had a good chance to land. Demarius McGee was committed. He switched to LSU. Nyland Green was a player who may have favored Tennessee at one point. He ended up signing with Georgia. There are a few other defensive backs that Tennessee went after, so I don't see enough help in the defensive backfield. Deshaun Rucker could be a good player. Christian Charles is on campus, has really good speed. So Tennessee did not swing and miss on everyone, but they swung and missed on too many, and and not just to that position. I'll get to that in a moment. Number one thing that concerns me, I don't see enough in the defensive backfield. Number two, I still have concerns about the offensive line. This is not a great offensive line class on paper. Adding Jeremiah Crawford does help from a depth standpoint, and let's see what he's able to do. Let's see what Jamarian Gooch can do, and then William Parker but thanks to the departures of those players that I mentioned earlier, Trey Smith, Brandon Kennedy, Wanya Morrison, Jameer Johnson, Tennessee needs help. And development of the offensive line will be key. If all three of these players end up producing, then this offensive line group will look good in the 2021 class. But Tennessee went after some other big names up front. They had Colby Smith committed. He ended up signing with Auburn. So the offensive line class concerns me considering the departures and the amount of players in that group. There's, there are a number of bodies there on the offensive line. That is a positive. But there are a lot of players that need to get better, I would say, in a hurry. And then my third concern, considering the goals of Tennessee to get back to competing for championships, I wonder how much star power is there in this class. The class during a lot of the recruiting process over the last year was led by linebacker Terrence Lewis. Well, he signed with Maryland. Dylan Brooks, who is signed, but he is asked out of his letter of intent. If he does not end up at Tennessee, well, your top two players in the class end up elsewhere. UT swung and missed on a number of players at a number of different positions on both sides of the football, and they landed a, a few really nice prospects, like Aaron Willis, Katron Evans on the defensive line. I mentioned Caden Salter. Those are good prospects. This is not an empty class. I just wonder the star power at the top. You're trying to compete for championships. You're trying to catch up with Georgia, Alabama, Florida, LSU, Texas A&M, where those programs are. Well, you need as many high-level players as you can get. And considering the departures of some of those players who were highly regarded, and there could be more departures, that to me is a concern. Is there enough star power in this class? Right now, I would say the answer is probably no. And that's why recruiting for 2022, getting off to a really good start with the first full class that Josh Heupel signed, will be really important. So I'll get to that coming up next here on Football Futures. It's presented by Twin Peaks. Thanks for being here with me. You're going to hear what Craig Halbert of ESPN, who covers recruiting nationally, said about Josh Heupel as a recruiter and what the adjustment will be like for him now that he's at Tennessee. That's coming up next on Football Futures, presented by Twin Peaks. My name's Josh Ward. You're listening to FM 99.1, the sports answer.
checking in with Tennessee football commitments and prospects. It's Football Futures with Josh Ward. Welcome back into Football Futures presented by Twin Peaks here on the Sports Animal. My name is Josh Ward. Remember, you can always go back and listen to any show, this show, any show on the Sports Animal in the podcast section of the WNML app. You can also find everything from the Sports Animal on Apple Podcasts and check out our website, 991thesportsanimal.com. Thanks to Sam Foreman for producing the show tonight and every week here on the Sports Animal and the focus now turns to the future of Tennessee's football program with Josh Heupel as the head coach. His coaching staff is still to be determined, especially on the defensive side. A lot of the offensive staff has come together, but what will Josh Heupel do with the defensive coordinator position and then the staff on that side of the ball? That's a big question that recruits are asking. Walter Nolan, the top player in the state and one of the top defensive linemen in the country, maybe the best interior defensive lineman in the country, He'll want to see what the defensive staff looks like before he seriously considers the Vols. So that's a big question moving forward. But what about Josh Heupel as a recruiter? As a coach out there in the recruiting trail, he has coached in the SEC as an assistant at Missouri. So he he does have experience in the league. But as a head coach, his experience, of course, comes from the last few years as UCF's head coach down in Orlando, coaching in the group of five in the American Athletic Conference. Craig Hobart from ESPN covers recruiting nationally at ESPN.com. He was on Sports 180 on Friday, and he talked about how Josh Heupel has been viewed as a recruiter. He hasn't really been anywhere more than three years other than that initial stint as an assistant at Oklahoma. So it's kind of hard to kind of really say one way or the other just because he by the time you'd probably start getting through a cycle of of saying, hey, this, these are his guys and, and this is the program that he built, he would kind of move on uh, to another job. Uh, so it's really kind of tough because even as, as a head coach there at Central Florida and before that as an assistant, it was always kind of pretty fairly short time period. So it's really kind of hard to really definitively get a feel. I think what you got to do is look at what you have available to you and that's what was at Central Florida. And, you know, in 2019, he signed the, the best class amongst all group of five programs. And that 19 group is actually starting to kind of pay some dividends for them. He brought in Dillian Gabriel, the quarterback. Uh, you know, I had a chance to do their bowl game on radio this year uh, uh, against BYU. And I know they were excited about Tatum Bethune, the linebacker that they signed in that class. They signed a four-star defensive end out of Maryland and Traymond Morris Brash. So that 19 class, they uh, they got an all-conference center out of that class, Matt Lee. So they, they were getting some production from that group. And so, you know, I think had he stayed there, they probably would have been he- heading in the right direction. But it's really kind of tough, Vince, to say, you know, this is what he's definitely going to be as a recruiter because you really don't have a full body of work to work off of like maybe you may, uh, you may have with some other coaches who take over. So Josh Heupel, as a recruiter, especially in the SEC, it's a big unknown. I will add here that Butch Jones arriving from Cincinnati to coach at Tennessee was a big unknown. He had not been recruiting at the level of Tennessee. How would he do? And I know how things ended up, but as a recruiter, especially early on, Butch Jones did quite well. That first class in 2014 was a big-time class. It had a lot of talent inside the state of Tennessee, and Butch Jones kept a lot of those guys in the state. Jalen Hurd, Todd Kelly Jr. locally. That class had Derek Barnett 
from the Mid-State. Rashawn Galden, Josh Malone. That was a big-time class in 2014, and a lot of those guys panned out. And Tennessee did not have the ultimate success that it hoped for, but in 2015 and 16, Tennessee won nine games each of those two seasons. And a lot of that was thanks to players in that 2014 class. The 15 class was also highly regarded. It did not work out on the field for a number of different reasons. But recruiting went well, I think, overall and and certainly early on with Butch Jones after he arrived with big questions. So I'll point that out with the questions that are now surrounding Josh Heupel as the head coach at Tennessee. It helps that Tennessee's new head coach will have resources, that he will have the facilities that will impress and when I say resources, he'll have the budget to go out and recruit. Tennessee budgets as high as just about anybody in the country when it comes to recruiting. And that'll be something that helps. But he's also in the SEC, so he's recruiting against the best programs in the country. Alabama, Georgia, Florida, LSU, Texas A&M, Auburn. Not easy. Plus, Clemson is somebody that you go up against on the recruiting trail. Ohio State from time to time. Florida State from time to time. You go up against in recruiting What's that going to be like going from recruiting in the group of five over the last few years to now recruiting in the SEC? What kind of challenge might that be? Here's what Craig Hobart of ESPN said on Sports 180. It certainly changes when you're going from group of five. Uh, you know, he recruited very well at the group of five level, but it, it, it is different in the SEC. But you're also selling a different uh, uh, circumstances. You know, you're selling one. In a vacuum, if we're being honest, you take everything out of Tennessee is one of the elite programs in college football and what they can offer in terms of facilities uh, and fan base and tradition. Uh, so, you know, when you take all the extra things out of it, as a, just as a base, as a foundation, there's a lot to offer at Tennessee. Now, we're not in a vacuum. They've had struggles on the football field. Obviously, there's been some... Uh, some signs pointed to some recruiting violations, so that they're, they're, he's working through other things that he has to try to, you know, kind of overcome in selling this university. But he's got a lot to offer on the recruiting trail. I think the big thing that he needs to do is, you know, listen, he knows what good talent is. He, he may be coming from a group of five program, but he spent time at Missouri, uh, and he also spent time in Oklahoma, which has been a dominant program forever in the Big 12. So it's not a matter, I don't think, it's a matter of being concerned whether he can ID who's capable of playing at an elite Power 5 school. It's just now putting together the resources and being able to sell those programs because obviously now uh, you're going to be going head-to-head with Alabama. You're going to be going head-to-head with Georgia. You're going to be going head-to-head with LSU and Florida, and, you know. Uh, so it, it's a little bit of a different battle uh, in terms of being able to maybe close, not so much IDing who those top players are. And that's the ultimate test. Can you close against the best schools in the country? And a lot of schools out there recognize what kind of talent Tennessee has inside the state for 2022. And how recruiting goes here in year number one will largely be based on what happens with the in-state class, right? Walter Nolan's the top player in the state, as I mentioned. Ty Simpson, number two player in the state. You have some talented running backs, Jordan James and Dallin Hayden, who is a legacy player. And then other players throughout the state that Tennessee will go after to help on both sides of the ball. Wide receiver Isaiah Horton from Murfreesboro, I'm sure, is the guy that Josh Heupel is going to say, hey, come in and be a part of this offense. We're going to throw the ball a lot. They'll have a chance to put up big-time numbers and then see if it works. But if Tennessee's going to get to where Tennessee's administration says it's going, competing for championships, 
it comes down to recruiting. There's no reason to sugarcoat it. And as Craig was mentioning there a moment ago from his conversation on Sports 180, there are some challenges that Josh Heupel is facing, the state of the program, the state of the roster, the recruiting violations that have been found by Tennessee with the previous staff that could result in NCAA penalties. They're expecting NCAA penalties. That could affect recruiting as well. It'll make things challenging. And, you know, one final note, when we talk about the future, a lot of that comes to expectations, right? I think as long as expectations are reasonable over the next few years, can Tennessee get to six or seven wins here in the next couple of years and then try to move up to seven or eight wins? These are conversations I know we've had over the last decade plus at this time, but I do think it's real. As long as the expectations for Josh Heupel and the coaching staff are reasonable, considering where things are right now, that can buy you some time in recruiting, allow you to build, allow you to develop. They need to find stability with the coaching staff as Jeremy Pruitt never had that in his three years at Tennessee. The Vols need that moving forward. In my opinion, keep expectations reasonable. It's very easy to look at what other coaches have done at championship contenders. Kirby Smart winning the SEC in year two and playing for a national championship. You know what Nick Saban did immediately at Alabama or look more recently. Dan Mullen by year three, he has Florida playing in the SEC championship game. That's probably not happening for Tennessee. I brought that up with Barrett Salee of CBSSports.com, who likes the hire, by the way. But he said, keep the expectations reasonable. Don't expect what Dan Mullen did at Florida. Yeah, that's not going to happen because, you know, Dan Mullen walked into a situation where he had a, a generational style quarterback in Kyle Trask. He had a pretty serviceable quarterback that uh, had won some games in, uh, in Felipe Franks. He had a good running game. They had a great defense, a veteran defense. And, and that's not what Tennessee is at all. None of those things are what Tennessee uh, is right now. So, yeah, that, it's not going to be a quick fix. Uh, and, and if you want to do what Danny White said, which is build a program that's sustainable, uh, it's going to have to be tolerable to have slow, uh, slow build. You know, fans and administrators are going to have to understand that uh, you can't get out ahead of your skis because uh, it is – is a program that's broken, and we don't even know what the NCAA sanctions are going to be yet. And so that might um, or should limit the expectations even more. Barrett Salee of CBSSports.com. That's what he had to say on Sports 180, and I agree with what he said. I think most fans recognize, hey, this is not an easy position that Josh Heupel is in, and it's going to take some time. So I think a lot of people recognize that. I think people at Tennessee know that that's going to be the case. Eventually, expectations are going to rise, and fans are going to expect more. You pay a lot of money. Tennessee's spending a lot of money to put this together. So eventually, that conversation will be there. When is Tennessee going to compete for championships? It's just probably not going to be anytime soon. I want to say thanks again to Twin Peaks for making football futures happen each and every Monday. If you want to go back and listen to any of the episodes, they're on the app, on the website, on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for being here covering what's going on with recruiting. And, of course, we'll continue to do that Monday through Friday right here on The Sports Animal. This has been Football Futures. CBS Sports is coming up next with Vol Calls taking over at 8 o'clock on FM 99.1, The Sports.